Welcome to BetterScope, sponsored by Remo Staff, Growth and Freedom by Remote Expert. And this episode special sponsor Smurfy Creative Video. In each episode, we interview successful people to understand how to be better. My special guest today is Vangeli Kolia. Vangeli is a director and finance broker of DK Financial, who assists clients with their first purchase of their first home, investment, car, or asset for their business. DK Financial's mission is to ensure that their service and information is easily accessible, attainable, and reliable. Vangeli is your finance teammate, guiding you every step in the way throughout your financial journey. Aside from being a teammate in the finance world, Vangeli is passionate about sports, ranging from supporting his beloved teams being Brisbane Broncos, Philadelphia 76ers, and Arsenal. Today, Vangeli is going to share his insights on buying your first home in 2024. Welcome, Vangeli, to Better Talk. Thank you, Luba. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's great to be on. Yeah, it's great, great to having you on our show. And uh, Vangeli, I always love to find where our guests are based. From where have you joined us today? So I'm from the inner west region in Sydney, um, so Stratfield area. But, uh, you know, as our business is done digitally nowadays, we can help assist everyone from across Australia. The power of Zoom um, as what we've got right here. So... Yeah, basically can help everyone um, across Australia by based in, in Stratfield. Okay, well, sounds good. It's still like Sydney is a very nice place to be in, in the world. Um, but tell me, Evangelia, about your journey. How you come to where are you today? Yes, I've had a bit of a mixed journey. I had um, I started off, got my like degree in journalism and thought I wanted to do sports journalism. And then... Basically, from there, I was working in the sports field for a little bit, for about four or five years, and realized, um, you know, in a number of roles, you know, from social media to, you know, helping teams, um, you know, in the Sydney region go into interstate competitions, and then being an analyst as well. So I realized that I was good with numbers and uh, always have been passionate about sports, but preferred to have been more of a sports fan and watch sports than actually work in the field. So... My passion for numbers, uh, the love being more like helping people and communicating with people face to face and, you know, mortgage broking sort of fell into that. It's a mixture of helping people and being good with numbers and property. So uh, combine those two together, been in the field for about two years now and I have been VK Financial for about five, five months. So, um, yeah, that's sort of where the journey's uh, led me to. It's It's... Uh, a few career changes, but it's been good. It's, I think everything happens for a reason. Well, look, uh, you know, like to, we know each other for a while already, Evangelia, and uh, like uh, I never knew that you are so much into sport and you've been uh, graduated from uh, from a, to be a journalist. Like, uh, so you should be interviewing me, and not uh, I should be interviewing you <laughs> today. So, uh, um, uh, so uh, in terms of the uh your journey so like uh, what made you what what made you decide to move out of the sport or out of doing something else into into finance into brokers yeah i think it was just the mixture of being more people facing um you know 
Again, mortgage broking is all about numbers. We do a lot of numbers and make sure that it's right in purchasing your first property. Um, so for me, it was like, what is good with people and what am I good with numbers with? Uh, I felt in my roles as, you know, as an analyst that it was more back end, not enough front end. And, you know, what I've realized in the last two years is mortgage and finance broking or real estate industry, uh, it's all about, or financial planning industry, it's all about people first and then number second. And so that suited me more than it did with the back end side. So I think it's good to be good on the back end. Everyone has to be good, but it's all about how good are you on the front end and how good are you connecting with people? And I felt that was suited to my personality and skill set more, which is how I ended up here. Well, yes, it's, a, it's quite a journey. Um, and uh, in terms of uh, moving uh, as well, like uh, moving uh, from journalism, from sport into, into this area, okay, so you're connecting right now and you're meeting with a lot of people, but in the same time, uh, you're keeping in mind numbers. Um, so what do you feel like uh, in your discussions with, with, uh, with these clients, with people, uh, are they as well as much familiar with numbers or they are thinking more like emotionally? So what, what is your opinion on what they're thinking and how do you present what should be they thinking? Yeah, so I guess each sort of referral partner has a different uh, need or want to help out their client. Uh, in particular, I don't think it's much numbers, it's more information. Uh, I guess you don't know what you don't know. And so as an, you know, as an accountant, you might have some information around tax, around structuring your portfolio, around your, how you should, you should be a sole trader company. There's a lot more in-depth analysis that they can help say, you know, if, you know, you're a client, you want to look for accountant, that's a specialty they have similar with what we have we have access to a lot of bank products, a lot of um, uh, bank policies. So we know whatever situation someone might be in, if they're self-employed, they're, you know, they're working, we have a commission basis, they've got bonus income. We know all these different products that could help someone. And it's just for us, when I present myself to any partner, if you know, they've got a, a problem you know, that they think, you know, Oh, I don't know, you know, who can help this person, but this person is in this situation. That's where my benefit comes into it and be like, well, through my own research and through our policies that we have access to, your particular client can be helped through this policy, through this product because of their situation. So I think it's less about numbers, more about information. Um, and then that's what I think it's all about. It's you don't know what you don't know. And you're always learning. So no matter if it's an accountant or for someone like yourself, Lubo, you're always learning something. And it's just a matter of, you know, when you do have a client that needs help and you meet the right person on that day, you see them, you say something that helps and they're like, okay, well maybe we can do some business together. So that's sort of my approach or has been my approach the last few months. Okay. Yeah, definitely makes sense. And so information is, is very important. Um, but then what is the differentiation that, you know, like a, a person can go to the bank and they can find all the information there. So why should they be using the uh, mortgage brokers? Why they should go to Vangeli uh, in this case? 
Yeah, well, it's a very, um, very good question, Lupo. Basically, when the 70% of all loans are written by mortgage brokers today, um, home loans. So the, fa- the market is favoring mortgage brokers. The reason why that the case is, is when you approach a bank, you only have one bank product, one bank um, policy. You only fit with that particular bank, they only sell you that product. However, when you see a mortgage broker, whether it's myself or anyone else, we have access and accreditations to 30 banks, 30 products, 30 policies. So for us, you know, we could help you, you know, if there was a particular situation with your income, we can, if you went to bank A and they couldn't help you, they can't help you. There's nothing they can do. Whereas for a mortgage broker, what we do is we look at your situation and we say, okay, you're best paired with these two, these three lenders. And we give the clients more options to, to choose where they want to go and to choose how they want to structure their lending. So that's sort of the benefit of seeing a mortgage broker. And again, as cliche as it sounds, um, we can help anyone in whatever situation um, that they're in because there's so many different products out there. Um, so much. So it's, it'll be too, too much in one podcast to go through them all. But uh, in terms of that, you might feel as a client, you might feel like I don't think anyone can help me when you see a bank. But if you go to a mortgage broker, there's a lot more on the table um, that they can possibly help you with. Hmm. Yeah, look, uh, I think definitely this makes sense. And uh, to be honest, I was not even aware that in Australia we have like a, a more than four or five banks. Like at least I don't know like there are more. Um, mm. But it's like a thirty. Like well, okay, well, I never knew about this, the thirty banks or or different type of uh, products. Um, so uh, you know, it's um, almost. The new year now. So, uh, what was probably good in 2023, uh, or was any good in buying a home or a property in 2023? Yeah, it was a bit of a, a weird year, I would say. I think mortgage rates still went up, but now the good thing is, touch wood, that I think they've held now for the time being. Um, I guess in 2023, banks started to help people refinance. Uh, so usually on a broader scale, when you come, for example, you Luba, you come to me to, for a home loan, the rate is 6%. Your assessment rate is at 3% higher. So you will always be assessed on 9% repayments. So of course, back in 2021, when interest rates were 2%, you're getting assessed on 5% repayments. So everyone, it was cheaper back then. Now it was harder for people to sort of service the repayments to make the repayments because, you know, income isn't going up, but property prices and loans are going up considerably more. So that was, I think what happened was some of the top banks started to reduce that buffer, the assessment rate from 3% to 1%. (laughs) Sorry. So from now getting assessed at 9%, you're getting assessed at 7%. So that allowed people to, sorry, to not be stuck in their current loan and was able to sort of help them through a, sh- um, a short period. <laughs> sorry, it's getting me now. No worries, take your time. Yeah, so basically, basically, yeah, that's, that was a good thing that happened in 2023. People, banks were able to have that sort of servicing buffer to help people. Um, but what we see now is still more government um uh, policies coming out now to help first home buyers. There's more things in the market happening. So 
I think 2023 was more of a stabilizing period to maybe get through this high inflation rate. And now it's, I think it's all settled, touch wood again. And um, it's all settled. And I think in 2024, I think now things will start to ease up a little bit. Okay, well, so coming to 2024, so uh, what will be, or, or um, what kind of insights uh, would you be giving to someone that maybe is looking to buy their first home in 2024? I think the first one is always, um, always do your research, but and never be scared of what's happening outside. The media have a good way of influencing a lot of people. And I think the first big thing was a lot of the media, maybe back in 2022, thought that property prices would drop considerably, even though interest rates were going up. That didn't happen as much as they predicted because there was no real estate stock on the market. So when there's no stock, there's more demand. So that really, I think people get caught up too much about the outside and it's more like, if you don't know where to start, reach out, you know, have, you know, conversations with four brokers if you need to, have, speak to buyer's agents. I think it's just starting somewhere, you know, find some, so find somewhere to get information, speak to professionals and then build a plan that suits you. I think that's in 2024, that would be the first piece of advice I would give is if you don't know where to start, speak to people and start somewhere. I'm sure there's plenty of other brokers out there that would help. And same with me, it just comes with a conversation helps along the way so far. And then the second thing I would say is, again, you don't know what you don't know. So the more information you have, the better it is. But also if it's your first home, it doesn't have to be a forever home, especially in Sydney when prices are in the millions, uh, 1.2, 1.3, I think is the median. You might need about 250 grand or 300 grand just to make the repayments in this market today. So obviously if you're 24 years old and you're not making 250 grand, you could be a bit disheartened. But in saying that, it's more like even getting an asset now, whether it's a smaller asset, doesn't have to be your forever home or forever living 20 years down the track. It can be a building block and then you can leverage the equity that comes out of that property, or you can sell it and upsize your deposit for your next home. So I think, yeah, I think expectations is another thing too. And I'm 28. And so I guess when you're young in your twenties or thirties, even you want everything now. And I think it's just, how can we get one asset, leverage it, and then build towards our future goal. And that could be in 20 years time. So it all starts with your actions today. And I'm sure you've gone through it in sort of, uh, on your side of things as well. Yeah, look, you know, like, uh, so my daughter, she's uh, 18, so and she's just after the year one in uni, and, and you know, so we had, like, a several discussions, and, uh, and she is sharing with us her discussions with, with her mates and with her, uh, uh, like, you know, like, uh, university mates, and, and everyone is quite afraid, and they think that they will never be able to own a property in Australia. Um, so, and you mentioned, like, a 250, so what is like a 250 is like it's uh, enough to have a deposit and uh, what kind of salary like uh, the future students should have or the future, you know, like a worker should have to be able to afford to buy the first home. 
Yeah, well, first-time buyers uh, in particular have a special benefit where basically they can buy a home with just 5% deposit. Now, in to try and break things up a little bit, there's in Australia to buy a home, minimum 20% deposit. But for if you don't have the 20% deposit, you pay in an insurance, which is called lender's mortgage insurance, which covers the bank in case you default on your home loan. Now, usually if you don't have 20% deposit, the bank puts an insurance fee and they add it to the loan amount and you pay that like they just, you pay that as your loan. Now, as first home buyers to avoid this cost, if you don't have a 20% deposit, you can actually get in with a 5% deposit and not pay this insurance premium. And the government guarantees the other 15%. Now there are eligibility criteria, like in certain states they have a, a price threshold. So in New South Wales, it's 900,000. So if you purchase a property more than 900,000, you're not applicable to the scheme. Um, if you're a single, you need to earn less than 125 grand a year. Uh, if you're a couple, no more than 200 grand a year. Uh, of course, being an Australian citizen or permanent resident, that was something new that was brought in in July this year. Um, alongside that, you have to show the bank that you've saved the deposit, the 5% deposit for a period between one month and three months. And uh, Australian citizens, permanent residents, I think I said that already. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And you couldn't, you can't, have owned a property as well uh, or had any interest in a property too. So if you fit those criteria, especially from the income side of things, that's definitely a benefit in purchasing a, a first property in um, in Australia. Uh, more so if you're above that income threshold of 125 grand or 200 grand as uh, a couple, then we look at, okay, well, what's your profession? There's certain professions like legal, um, like solicitors, accounting backgrounds or medical backgrounds or police officers, for example, or nurses. They also have some other criteria as well that's not in this 5% deposit. They have what's called an LMI waiver, which means that they waive this LMI fee for a low deposit. Um, and so basically you could, if you fit a certain profession, you might be applicable to one of these LMI waivers to help you get in the property under 20% deposit. So that would be sort of where the, the strategy is, is what's my deposit and what's my income? And you basically, we work backwards from there and we try and find the best solution that fits your puzzle really. Yeah, look, um, uh, talking about different uh, professions, uh, solicitors, like other, other uh, experts, so let's thank our sponsors of this episode. Remo Staff brings time, money, and freedom to these entrepreneurs via outsourcing. With Remo Staff, you will get not a virtual, but a real offshore expert dedicated only for you that will support your business. Hire an offshore expert with Remo Staff and go on a free four-day holiday. Smurfy Creative Video is a boutique video content creation agency on a mission to help brands engage and connect with their customers effective and tailored video marketing solutions. Send better scope in a text message to 0425-88464 and you'll get 25% discount on your video production in January. Uh, but coming back to the first uh, home buyer, uh, so Vangeli, what is the entry point 
to buy something in Sydney or what would you recommend uh, to your uh, first home buyers to, to start with? Yeah, well, I guess it really depends on your situation. Um, but for the first home buyer scheme or guarantee scheme, they call it first home guarantee, maximum 900 grand. So if that fits within your budget and you can, I think the loan is about seven, 800 grand for a 5% deposit. If you can make those repayments and you're not really fussy about buying a $900,000 apartment or home in New South Wales, then that would be my, my first price point was, what are you looking to do? You know, if you want to, can you make these repayments on the loan and do you have the deposit for it? And so we work backwards from there, but my recommendation is whatever, whatever you can do in those two areas and then find an area which you want to sort of live in. So of course, if you're trying to buy somewhere in Stratfield area, it's going to be like five, six million. It's not going to happen uh, unless you're, you know, got a multi-million dollar deposit, you're making really, really good money. But if you're a first home buyer, 25 years old, 26 or 30 years old, um, you're under that income threshold, the 5% deposit, it is a, it, it's a great scheme to, to get in as well. And mind you as well, I've got to mention that as a first home buyer, you do get stamp duty exemptions. So when you buy a property in Australia, we pay a stamp duty or a government tax for buying a property. So anything under 800,000 in New South Wales is uh, stamp duty free. From 800,000 to a million is a discounted stamp duty rate. So you get a discount rate compared to a, an investor and then a million dollars and above its full price. So if you buy an $800,000 home, a 5% deposit, it's probably about $700,000 loan. Um, let's just say, what's 5%? 5% is 40 grand, uh, so 760K loan. If you make those repayments, you have that deposit and you buy for no more than 800,000, you don't have stamp duty to pay either. You can basically get a property, get into a property with 45 grand, 50 grand on $800,000 property in New South Wales. So that's, if you can event, uh, in, sorry, if you can use your first home buy incentives to your advantage, cause it is your first home and you do have these benefits, take advantage of them um, where, where you best can. Well, it's uh, well quite a interesting. Like uh, I never thought that it should be such kind of like a lower entry point. Uh, and while I understand that you are not giving any advice, but what is in your, you know, in experience with your existing clientele, uh, would they buy something in in an apartment in Sydney, or will go with the home to buy somewhere in the, you know, like a out of Sydney area? So what what is happening nowadays? Yeah, well, the first few that I've um, first clients that I have discussions with, we usually go. I always ask the question, "What do you guys? What's the dream? What's the goal?" And you know, usually from what I'm seeing now is that the price point for Sydney in an area that they've lived in, whether it's inner city um, or you know, like the south or inner west because we've, we've lived there for so long that we know, I think people are realizing yeah, that's going to be too hard to get into right now. So what I'm seeing is a lot of people are looking at other options like an apartment, um, for example. I mean, if it's just you and your partner, you might not need a four-bedroom house right now, but you might need it later on when you have kids. 
But to have an asset like an apartment, like a two-bedroom apartment for the time being, let that capital growth increase. And then at a later point, if when you have kids, you can upsell and use that that um, leverage. That's what we're, we're sort of seeing now. It's more so we can't afford to get in where we want right now, but let's start somewhere and let's build, you know, build our time there, build our growth. As you get older, you know, you're making your projecting to make more money. So your serviceability goes up, you save more, uh, and then at a later point you can get in. So I think that's what I'm seeing more so now is just instead of buying a house in where you live, let's just say it's Elwood, for example, a house there's probably 2 million, but an apartment might be six, 700 grand. You can still live in your area that you've grown up in or that you've spent all your time in. You just have a different asset now. And so that's where what I'm seeing a lot of is a lot of people are just now looking at the prices and going, it's too hard to live where we want to live. Let's just downsize, get a townhouse, get an apartment. We can still live in our area. We can still have our, we're close to our families and build our life there. But we'll just at a later point when we make more money and we have more deposit, we'll then move into a, into a house. So that's definitely what I'm seeing now. And I think as the prices go up, that's what we'll see later on too. I think a lot of first home buyers will downsize and then come up later on yeah look um, yeah makes sense makes sense um uh, vangeli what is your goal in your life what is your scope in your life what do you want to achieve oh that's a good good deep question um when i sort of started the business my main goal was apart from you know trying to help as many australians get into the, the property market as possible it was to create choice uh, within my life you know knowing that you know i could build something that that i put hard work into but also just have choice with family you know have choice to you know go and do what i want to do with whatever hours we have you know just want to build have a business that builds that choice in my life where we can spend time with our families we can work hard and work extra hours if we want to and we can make you know good income to the point where we can provide for a family and so i think that's that was probably been my my goal and it always has been since is create the life that i sort of have that choice to do what i want to do in, in different aspects so it's not always about making money and making millions but also i'm a family man so myself like i love being around my family so I think having choice to do that, choice to work hard, choice to play sports, whatever you want to do, I think that's my main goal. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's very much aligning, you know, like so finally, like you are again, like I think, like many people are trying to help people achieve their freedom and freedom to make mm -hmm. a choice and uh, um, and to, to have a possibility to choose. Uh, um, what maybe not whatever way, but but a better way or a better scope of uh, what you're doing, and uh, maybe spending time with family as well. Like it's, it's another scope that uh, people can achieve. Um, Vangeli, uh, what do you think, or how do you feel about the, the planet, the climate change, what is happening right now? Uh, is anything uh, that you uh, can recommend to someone else uh, that people can do better? Um, look, I'm not quite across that topic as much. 
Um, but I mean, the those Tesla cars are doing pretty good at the moment. I, I think I, I didn't get a test drive in one, but someone drove me in in one of those cars and it was pretty smooth, pretty good ride. So I, I think, look, I don't have too much on, on the topic, but in terms of where the world is going forward in electric cars, I think uh, it's inevitable. Uh, and then that's one way to help the environment, then, then fantastic. Yeah, look, uh, sounds good. So, um, uh, so we had like a quite a, a interesting discussion on different uh, aspects of uh, what was happening in 2023, what, we, what is going to happen in 2024. Uh, are there any tips that you would like to give to someone um, that will be maybe uh, going to buy their first home in 2024, or maybe they could find a better scope? I think the the tip I can give is just start, you know, whether it's watching content, you know, phone call to a profession, don't be scared, just start and ask as many questions as possible. You won't know how much value you get out of a phone call until you speak to someone in that profession. And that can, you know, you have all these thoughts in your head, like, I think, I don't know if I'm going to buy something, I don't know what I can borrow, I don't know where to go, where to begin, and I just a phone call with either myself or any other profession is where you would start and that can open up so many doors for you and actually when you have a plan in place you're more likely to achieve it later on so my tip is if you're looking to buy a property or even it doesn't have to be this year it can be in three or four years time just have a phone call you know look at what capacity what's your income now if, if i earn 20 grand more 30 grand more what will it be what will my capacity be later on have those conversations, have that structure in place, because then that makes your journey a lot easier and it saves you a lot of stress too, as well. Um, it's all a very stressful process buying a property. It can be, um, but it does save you that headache in being, I'm never gonna buy something to, now we're gonna buy something, but we have a plan now to get there. So I think that would be my, my best advice going into 2024. Yeah, look, uh, I love it. Uh, I think like many people are uh, trying to to leave it uh, for a while or probably, uh, you know, like they, they think that they, it's not their time or they don't have enough funds, but this is like, it's, uh, I think it's a good advice. So, um, so when our listeners will, uh, you know, like instead of being uh, waiting and they just should go to Vangeli and ask uh, about some some advice, um, so tell me, Vangeli, where could our listeners find more about you and where they could get in touch with you? Yeah, so look, I'm, I'm pretty much always available. So, uh, my Instagram is Vangeli Collius or vkfinancial.au. Uh, my Instagram handles, um, I'm on TikTok as well. Uh, website vkfinancial.com.au. It's got all my contact details there, but um, I would say start with my Instagram or TikTok pages. So much content I've got on there on buying a home and how to purchase a home and, you know, got some funny videos there too. So, yeah, so start there and then all my details, my email, my phone number's there. So feel free to reach out. By all means, happy to talk to anyone. Conversation goes a long way. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Okay, well, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Vangeli. I should be probably uh, go more often to Instagram, and I need to check like some of your tips that you have there. And um, uh, <laughs> thank you very much for being with us and sharing your experience and your better scope.
Thanks, Luba. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we, we did get you know, into a lot of good things. So uh, it was great to be on and to be a part of it. So thank you. Thank you again, Vagele. And thank you for joining us on Betascope. If you like this content, be sure to like it, share it, and subscribe. See you next time on Betascope.